Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. We are a day late, uh, later than usual. Holiday weekend. Uh, federal holiday. Federal holiday. Uh, I do apologize for that. Uh, a lot of We just got back from California last week. Uh, I had a wedding this weekend. We were kind of all over a lot of places. And I didn't, I, I'm, full confession, I didn't watch a lot of golf this weekend. I was streaming it in a bar in Miami last night, trying to keep up with it with no sound, just because everyone was so fired up about everything that was going on. But uh, I'm gonna have our, my my good friends John Carter and DJ Pie are here. They're gonna fill it in, uh, fill in the details on what happened. And I think we have a few topics to talk about. A lot of today. topics. I watched a lot of golf because it just wouldn't stop. It just kept going. It kept going. <laughs> not by kept choice. Going. You watched a lot not of golf. By choice. It just went on for a really, really, really long time. It did. And uh, John, welcome back. By the way, it's been a minute. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. people oh, thought you were thanks. suspended from the podcast. No, not at all. And then I was. <laughs> can you can you assuage those rumors? Oh no, I've I've been here all along. Just you know, took took some time for my family. <laughs> he always shuts it down at this part of the year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't even touch a club. Sunday nights are tough. Sunday nights are tough. But we're here. It's Monday evening, and uh, we this is the Genesis Open wrap up. Um, we're going to talk a bit about Kucher and all that stuff. We're going to put that to bed. We're going to f- definitively say that's going to get put to bed here. Please, sure. Um, DJ has some strong thoughts on golf coverage. I think that we're going to get to as well. So, uh, fill us in with what happened yesterday, um, kind of the whole weekend, and uh, kind of what's got you guys raging today. Can I lead it off? Oh, absolutely. I want to say congrats to Nelly Corda. Yeah, that was a that was awesome damn impressive victory and uh the course was awesome the the coverage was awesome it was it was on prime basically prime time started at 9 p.m uh more golf in australia please it was good the fourth corda to win an australian open title that's mind-blowing her dad was a professional golfer won the australian open her brother like won the australian amateur or won junior 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 open and then her sister won the same event uh, seven years ago what's what i said you said golf Oh, I meant <laughs> my brain has and she fried. She five of six holes in the like the middle of her round when she was already leading. It was it was a pretty impressive display. She's only what twenty or twenty one. Yeah. yeah. So it's bright amazing. future. It's yeah. cool. Just because I don't know when else we're going to mention it. Shout out to Mav McNeely as well. Solo second on the web tour. Correct. And Big ho- start. And homeless, homeless hubs. hubs. And homeless hubs. Yeah. All right. Now let's get into it. After that. Uh, <laughs> We had to bring some positivity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be a compliment sandwich. We here. had to balance it out. Uh, so JB Holmes, first of all, incredibly impressive back nine. I think everything kind of got sidetracked with the slow play stuff and uh, the slow play stuff and the slow play stuff <laughs> mostly. But uh, that back nine was crazy impressive. He chased down JT in brutal, brutal conditions. Uh, playing that back nine and even par in the last group was super impressive. So let's let's start there. hats off it's really good golf i don't think anyone's debating that part also like massively underrated the whole brain surgery thing is like it only got mentioned once on the broadcast yesterday which is kind of impressive because that is that's that's wild man they didn't really did they have a lot of time to really talk (laughs) about jb holmes they were kind of limited that's a good point it was it was cool to see uh i mean jb he, he credits his his whole uh, resurgence this week. He came into this week outside the top 200 in strokes gain putting, uh, and I think led the field this week, which is 
Well, thanks to his which new, is wild. and he credited his new routine, His right? new routine, which included uh, what was not limited to plumb bobbing from <laughs> six inches. That, that clip was the most, like, okay, he's messing with us, right? Like, this is, his part, I actually really, really dislike slow play Twitter. I think it's just like, a, people are so loud about it, and it's like, we all agree that slow play sucks. Like, just yelling about it, I don't yeah. know what it does. But then I saw that clip of the him plumb bobbing on the, like, the six inch putt, and I'm like, what what is actually going on here? Is he trying to get a penalty? Is he trying to get put on the clock? Is he like pulling a Kepka or something like that? And that, that's really the only explanation for it. It really doesn't make any sense unless he's like doctor prescribed. I must plumb bob every single putt. I, is there any other explanation? I, I don't know. It's just it's routine, man. I don't know. He he was feeling himself and uh, putting well, so I guess he just stuck to it. I guess my problem with it is he doesn't start his routine. Yeah, like until. Everybody else in the group is hit. Every other guy out there, or most other guys out there, started. You know, I'm not saying that. I think 60% of the guys on tour are probably in the slow camp, but I think a lot of them are slow because they have to be slow, right? Because um, they like they've had to adjust their stuff to that. But they all start their routine at least before it's their turn to hit. Right. And the by background the time work. It, just yeah, like, exactly. Just, you can get, if you want to look at the putt from the other side of the hole and the guy is not standing over it, like you can walk around and start gathering that information. Or get deep in your greens book. If, yeah. you, if you're using one, when does that ban start for those? I don't know. I thought that was a, already not a thing. Uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. Too. Yeah. Someone was like, Oh God, he's been looking at his greens book forever. I'm like, Oh God, that's another thing. Get rid of those two. Those are disgusting. Uh, I I'm with you. Like I'm, I'm not a fan of slow play Twitter. Uh, because usually you can cover it on the broadcast and it doesn't really impact things that much because it's like, yeah, you know, JV is going to play slow and he takes a long time over the ball. Cool. We'll just cut away to, to someone else. And CBS was sticking with him a lot more yesterday. Like, like, okay, he's starting his routine. Like, let's go to JB. And it was just cool. Let's watch him for two minutes. So I think it exacerbated what probably goes on every single week but just because this goes back to of course tv producers are the keepers of the takes all the takes uh they're they're the ones who decide what your takes end up being because they pick what to show you which is something we'll get to later as well with an omission of jordan spieth's eight at number 10 uh but i I think that yeah when it when it takes six hours to play a round of golf and like for some reason i sit on the couch and watch all of that like that's when slow play like that's when I can abide this no longer. And for him to blame the conditions on it, like, dude, we saw the same thing at Tory last year. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, you're notorious for this. Conditions and, were really, tough. and you've gotten even slower instead of like, you know, even Kevin Na, who's somebody who's gotten a lot of flack for it over the years. I do feel like he's gotten better, and he's accepted it. He's exactly. he like he's tried to improve in many different ways in that regard. And JB's kind of got taken the middle finger to be like, and, and JB, we're going to be hard on JB, but he's not the only one. It just no, was, this not. is the latest case, yeah. and 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 he's not even. I don't even think he's really to blame because if the, the this it's is, like the tour's just daring him to do it. Well, not only that, last year when Tory happened, Jay Monahan came out and specifically said that he saw no problem in what JB Holmes did installing Alex Noren for 4 minutes and then eventually laying I mean, up. It's, un- as- it's unsportsmanlike. It's to me it's cheating. <laughs> well, that's he, was, he was playing so slow I was worried they were going to give Siwoo Kim a penalty a slow play penalty <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, I think it's like all right, talking about and I said something like this on Twitter, but I guess I didn't. I didn't even fully understand that you can't get penalized until you're put on the clock. Which, and then once you're put on the clock, the rule says it is suggested that a player has to play a stroke within 40 seconds. So it's not really even a written hardcore rule, which doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if you're is, gonna that, have, is that in the PGA Tour? That's like the like USGA. That's like the USGA's. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so one USGS suggestion. They should be so fast to put people on the clock. Like that's not a penalty. I mean, just be like, hey, we are now monitoring your pace of play. So then, and invoke a local rule every week. Then sure, put your own shit in place. Right. I mean, something's got. I don't know. I always I struggle with like a strict shot clock because sometimes when you're standing over the ball, the wind changes. Totally. And like you need to change clubs, and sometimes you're truly between shots that you want to play. And I, I. I just I this I don't want to turn PJ Tour golf into the shot clock masters. I think, I think that concept's cool. kind of cool. It's You're talking sense. to the wrong I know. two people for that take. <laughs> it's common sense though, right? It, it, I think so. If, it, if it's so obviously, and the PJ Tour, I hope is gathering data on these players, and they should be able to print out a report and show the players by the end of the year. Randall like, tweeted something today. Apparently, the Euro Tour did this already. Really? And they tracked like twenty-two thousand some shots and mm-hmm. basically summed up that like. No, players actually play a little better when they play faster. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. Randall's been on a contrarian heater lately. <laughs> yeah. That was one of the few things yeah, I agreed yeah, with exa- him lately. Exactly. <laughs> so. uh, but I think that the whole... So the counter argument and what JB or Jason Day or whomever will very understandably say is we're playing for so much money that you know I'm not going to hit until I'm ready. And I totally get that. The counter of that is you're playing for so much money because people tune in on TV to watch you. And there's a law of diminishing returns here, guys. Like the the slower you play here, the more you're going to turn people off. And that is like, that's an incredibly real thing. Like that's not, it's not something that's just going to go away. And like people's attention spans aren't going to be like, oh, you know what? I totally grasp the context of why he's playing slow and it's totally okay. Play away, guys. Yes. Like, yo, I have shit to do. I'm not sitting here watching this anymore. And like the more that this happens, the the like, how is this not just the biggest red flag? Or if or if they ran out of daylight yesterday. Well, that that kind of almost. Rude I was definitely rooting for that. Now, to your point, if I'm a TV producer, what my stance on on uh, slow play on pro golf has been pretty soft because I I don't think at a certain level for a fan it is that big of a deal because in theory it should give a television broadcast producers more time to show us more stuff and move around and be like, I show JB's shot on a little bit of tape delay, like, or cut right before he's about to hit it. I don't need to see his minute long pre-shot routine because there's other world-class players, a world-class leaderboard out there playing. You can cut to them. You can cover more about them. So in theory, it should give you more time to do all these things. Now, the fact that CBS in particular has chosen not to do that does exacerbate, I guess, highlight this issue to the level that it was outrage yesterday on social media and like people violently rooting against JB Holmes because of it. And for anybody who says that, oh, you guys are in the echo chamber and it's just, you know, you guys don't represent the the mainstream fan. You guys are basically having the back of the enthusiast or the hardcore fan. I would point you to like, I think Big Cat had a Instagram post congratulating JB and if you if you look on there, every single reply, or probably nine out of ten replies, are about JV's pace of play. And to me, I don't think the enthusiasts are even replying to Tiger's Instagram. Big Tiger's Cat's Instagram. Instagram yeah. you know? Yo, follow me back, cuz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm with you. I, it, 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 we try, I think, to gauge the temperature of the room on these things, and it's it, like I said, between the Coocher thing and slow play Twitter, the, it was violent. I mean, the trying to update people's notifications, people just arguing with each other in the knowing up mentions about all right. these all this stuff because they get so fired up and so passionate about it and, and it's some of that stuff just turns into like snowballing groupthink probably but on some level like that's that's kind of beside the point right like if 
if the group think takes over and everybody's like, this is bullshit, I, I'm not going to watch this. It's not like you can be the guy holding back yeah. the water from the no, dam. No, no, and be no, like, no, 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 no. Everybody just, everybody relax. Hold on. It's not that bad. And you're not actually <laughs> bored. Don't worry. Like, that's not going to happen. I did. I mean, credit to JB. He's got a big set of balls on him. Yeah. For like. Do something like about it. All of your, yeah. yeah, all of your, every single one of your peers, like, absolutely despises the way that you play golf and feels like you're taking advantage of things and you do it anyway and you do it with a big smile on your face and i don't want i don't think any of us are implying like jb holmes went four corner offense and caused justin thomas to lose his four shot lead like i don't think it had a material material impact I, well, we can't definitively say like it cost jt the tournament and won him the tournament that's not the point it's it's an overall ethical kind of thing and it's not there's not much to debate i mean jt just did look ran out of gas look like in round four and jb holmes didn't i mean he played incredible golf that's kind of the sad part is it overshadows how well he played because it was really tough now I do think there is something to it's it's not like it's pretty automatic in the PGA Tour when it is firm on the greens and when the wind blows and when they play threesomes it's like the death like you can't yeah. sure. it's going to be a five and a half hour round almost no matter what you do and it really is amazing how how much threesomes versus twosomes make a difference and I'm not going to advocate like we should let less people in tour events it'll make it go faster well, but, they've, well they're think, already doing that I think yeah. Genesis yeah. has already done that well they are but it is like Which, by the way what we're talking about there is the field's going from what 145 to 120 next yeah. year a, and going to invitational and elevated status which I, you know what I think uh, actually Porath had a good take on this like it's I think that's warranted it's one of the best tournaments yeah. on, on the entire calendar short daylight all that it's I'm fine with that. It's a tough time of year, and the tour is kind of stacked up against you know some really unpredictable weather out west. Like that's not their fault. There's nothing really they can they could have done about any of this, and you don't have that much daylight this time of year and, and whatnot. But it is crazy when you go to a PJ Tour event, like when you go to try to follow a group, but they're playing threesomes. It's like oh they should, they're on they're probably on eight now, and you get there like wait they're on five right now. <laughs> There's no four. And then when Saturday and Sunday rolls around, you're like oh we'll catch them at the turn, and they've blown past the turn. The pace really does change so much when it goes from. From two to three, I'm, I'm I'm a believer that golf should be played in twosomes, but that's a different that's a different story. So this was from a, a player who will remain anonymous, who was in the field this week. Uh, just said, "Fast players are so screwed. I play fast. I'm always on the slow person schedule. If he's slow, then it obviously makes me wait, and then we get on the clock, and then I have to speed up, and it's bullshit." Which is pretty pretty yeah. straightforward. That's, that's what like, it is. Yeah. yeah, and when you think about like. Andy Johnson on the shotgun start, and I think he's done this the last couple of weeks as slow play has kind of reared its head, but he had this awesome point. I don't know if it was Andy or Porath or both or whatever, but about Tom Brady, where it's basically like you think about how good Tom Brady would be if he had unlimited time to throw the ball. <laughs> like that's not the that's not the game though. The game is not take as long as you want and then be as precise as you can. The game is like, dude, there are constraints and you have to operate within the constraints. I have a really good analogy, and this is Bear with me here. So I had a buddy in college who got extra time in a, on, on his accounting tests because he had like ADHD. Cool. Like that's fine. You know, uh, he got an extra, you know, but it was unlimited extra time. So like we would all finish the test and he would be there for another four hours. Oh my God. <laughs> and time, and Tali, you were an accounting major. Yeah. Like time is a component on those. Correct. If you have all day to sit there and figure out the content and the test and everything, then like... Of course you're going to do well, yeah. but you know it's like let's let's all be relative about it. And you know, hey, if if it's windy and the greens are crazy and everything, cool. Let's you know let's be a little bit more lax. Yeah. Let's let's give them a minute instead of you know 40 seconds. But on some level, it's it's 
you know, it's the same characters that are slow week after week after week. And the difference in that situation is what in that test situation, it doesn't affect you necessarily, but slow play can affect your, your playing partners. And especially like what you said about this anonymous tour player is that he now feels rushed when he shouldn't have to feel rushed. Cause he's holding up into the end of the bargain is it's bullshit. It sucks. And that was uh he, he's still texting. He's fired up about this topic, but he said, I understand people saying that players need to police it, but it would be beyond rude to say something to someone during the round, especially because if I do and they speed up, we would no doubt just have to wait again for the group in front of us within a couple holes, and then I look like a douchebag, <laughs> which is like accurate. very accurate. And it's like, yeah. and that's where it's, it's just like a systemic thing, right? Like, you know, if, and that's where I do want to be fair is like these guys were, they were brutally slow and the telecast didn't do them any favors, like didn't make them look any faster like they do typically yesterday. But the field as a whole was slow. But the, they were never that far out of position, I don't think. Uh, that's what makes it hard is Twitter does, Twitter gets so angry that I, I read that they were four holes behind and I, right. I agree that I read that they were waiting on every shot. Like right. people lose all perspective. Exactly. On the back nine, they were no more than, I, I checked on it twice. I think the two times were they were on like 16 green. The next group was tapping in on 17. I tried to find it on, the, five, on so. the map. They used to have a map function on the PGA Tour app to see where players are. Yeah. It was mysteriously not there yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. But, <laughs> but there's a conspiracy. Like going. tying it all back in. At the end of the day, it's it, it trickles down to, like I think there is a responsibility because, all right, kids, you know, and I, I hate to be the guy that says, all right, kids think are watching this. Think of the children. Yeah. <laughs> oh Sean Carter says, think of the children. But, but you know, like, like this is part of the reason that it, you, you go out to a local community and it takes five and a half hours or six hours to play around a golf. Yeah. It's because guys see yeah. dipshit plum bobbing from, you know, from six inches and they, they want to do that too. Are we in the nest? I don't know how plum bobbing works. I don't either. But, <laughs> okay, good. but Rand, all, Randy's a big aim point plum bobbing guy. But it all also goes... That makes me feel better about not knowing how it works. <laughs> almost everything we talk about in some way goes back to technology and the fact that like all the tee boxes have to go backwards on all these golf courses. The rough's got to come in tighter. The green's got to be firmer and faster because they got to find a way to protect par. All contribute to the fact that play is slow like if you play on this golf course at 500 less yards and the ball doesn't go so high and far that it goes out of sight and you can't see it land the game just kind of shrinks down and is much more efficient but that's not the way it is so golf is going to take longer you can't stretch this whole game out and then just say oh yeah play it in the same amount of time it would have taken you you know 30 years ago it's true doesn't work that way and meanwhile the players are fat and happy sponsors are are writing big ass checks and you know, don't want to disrupt the yeah, system. They got the, they got their heads in the sand. I'm sure it'll last forever. A quick break to point out what I'm sure you are already aware of. Uh, thanks to Phil Mickelson's win at Pebble Beach, but triple track technology is here and it's in the all new Callaway ERC soft golf ball. The triple track is a three line pattern that goes around half the golf ball to improve your alignment on the greens. And Phil liked it so much. He asked to Callaway to put that on the Chrome soft X golf ball, which he proceeded to shoot 60 with in his first round at the desert classic. Uh, ERC soft is Callaway's longest golf ball, but do not get it twisted. These things have incredible soft feel as well. The innovative hybrid cover creates an exceptional combination of ball speeds for longer distance and noticeably higher spin for excellent control around the greens. You have to give this ball a try. Check them out at CallawayGolf.com. I love me some Chrome Soft, but I have to say I am intrigued mostly because I want to try out this alignment technology. So again, that's CallawayGolf.com. Now let's get back to the podcast. Okay, I want to take this opportunity to formally retire from uh, bitching about the telecast. Uh, Solly and I will 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 keep, keep carrying the. Yeah, I it. just I don't have my fastball in this league anymore. And I know when it's time for me to hang it up. Making no such promise. Uh, 
But what I want to say is I think we've been coming at this all wrong. And I'm going to hopefully tie all this together here. We'll see. But I think we've been coming at this all wrong, complaining about the nitty gritty of the telecast. Like, oh, like you didn't show the shot and you didn't do this and this commercial and blah, blah, blah. I think what I want to say before I retire, before I hang it all up, is from an overarching standpoint, something I don't think anybody can disagree with me on is how I feel when I get done watching the telecast. And for the last, God, it's happened more than ever now, but I get done and I'm like numb and bored and I just think to myself, like, why the hell? Like, what are you doing? Why did you watch that? Like, why did you sit for six hours and watch that? And the weather was good this week. The weather was great. You could have been outside. You could have been, like, riding your bike <laughs> or, like, reading a book or fixing something in the house or cleaning your car. You or live like, a block from the beach. Yeah, just beach. any number of things I could have been doing. And instead, I'm, like, sitting inside watching something that just, like, makes me physically angry to watch. <laughs> And it's a million reasons. It's because I'm not learning anything new. It's because I'm not like I'm seeing too many commercials and I'm not putting any of any one thing on any one person. It's just like, dude, I don't if that's only how I feel, then that's totally fine. And everybody can come at me on Twitter or whatever and say, I totally disagree. The game is in a beautiful spot. I've never liked golf more than I do right now. But like I can only speak to how I feel and how I feel right now is like I'm less of a fan of professional golf than I was six months ago or a year ago or whatever. And so much of that has to do with the telecast. And this week was the best example that I've ever seen. That's the product, right? It's, I mean, it's That's... you can't ask for a better golf course. I know they were challenged with scheduling and not repairing and threesomes and all that's all the weather that happened. But like that leaderboard was about as good as you can realistically ask for and yeah. that golf course is about the best one and if you walked away from feeling that way it's i watched like, it for 10 hours on the weekend i don't know anything more about riviera than i did and we love chaos i love chaos yeah, like, i love when the weather gets shitty crazy, yeah. but it's like it's just maybe it's a commercials thing and i don't even know i'm not like a i'm not a media analyst i'm not a tv producer i'm not trying to do anybody's job for them or tell them that they did a bad job or whatever i'm telling that as a golf fan i just feel like numb and confused and like dull when it's over and it's a lot of that i think is because there's no flow like you never get into it you never we were we just sat here i probably watched 10 hours same same as this weekend i probably watched 10 hours of the tory pines coverage and it took us 30 seconds 60 seconds to remember who the fuck won the tournament you know what i mean it, and it like took us, it took us a good 90 seconds and it's like it was justin rose like the best player in the world and i don't even remember because i'm remember like i'm like catatonic it. by the end of it and I don't know who's I don't know who's leading part of the time because it's not because they don't tell me it's because like I don't care I just glaze over and it's well and they're trying to miserable. sell you something the entire time. Yeah. Well, what was the one week that this so far this year that's been different than that? Well, exactly, and that's where it's like, dude, I think about Phoenix. And I'm like, man, that was super fun to watch. Right. NBC. I think about <laughs> Hawaii. Man, that was super awesome to watch. NBC. And like, I swear to God, if like, if it wasn't on NBC, like I'm. Somehow, after everything I've just said the last two minutes, psyched to watch golf this week, and it's only because it's the chaotic Mexico event, oh, it's the best. and it's on NBC, and I'm like, oh, that'll be super fun, actually. But it's like people think we have this hard on for CBS. We don't. Like, no, it's just it's just, just the watch feeling golf. that we're left with after watching. CBS I promise, for- it's not. It's I'm sure all the people producing are like, awesome. They're the the best at their job, or they wouldn't be in their job. 
but also I feel like shit when I get done watching it. So like I don't know how to square those two things. <laughs> Amongst this you know massacre that's currently happening, I do want to give a shout out to Peter Costas, who I think we'd all agree is totally. our favorite. I yeah. like because he called yeah. out JB yeah. for the routine, which I think is extremely hard for him and to do. Did you see what happened after he even, did? Then all of a sudden, Ian Baker, Ian Baker Finch, Finch starts getting emboldened, and like <laughs> he's never said a negative no. word about anyone. And that I think is part of the the CBS stuff. And I swear, like I don't, I don't, I'm not a. TV like talent like I who cares what I think but watching on TV I'm like dude all you guys like nobody talks the way that you guys are talking you sound <laughs> like you're doing impersonations of like a golf announcer and that's where it's like oh shit like when Costas actually starts saying something real then like right. everybody else snaps you out loosens up and everybody can start feeding up and that's what like Faraday did such a good job mm-hmm. of it was okay Faraday had this this vibe of okay, you know what? Like, let's everybody relax. We don't have to take this quite so seriously. And now that that's gone, there's just like, it's rudderless. Like there's, it's all just going through. It it all sounds like it's scripted beforehand. And everyone is just like a really good actor at saying, it's like predestination. And that's where, if you watch the early coverage, you know who doesn't feel like that is like Terry Gannon, Mm -hmm. who's on there. And I'm like, man, you look like you're watching golf for the first time and enjoying it and like reflecting what you're seeing. Whereas everyone else just seems like you're like, Going through the motions. And that we like, are like blessed to be able to hear your voice. Yeah. Well, and, all right. Golly, so man. talk about the Spieth, the Spieth 8, because I think that's yeah. a really well, that's telling. Another, yeah. And that's where I'm like, okay, so I've just been zapped numb. I'm, I'm in the 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 Cairo cryo chamber. Of, let me, let me, before, I just <laughs> yeah. want to pause before you do this to point out like, whoa, this isn't like stylistic reasons that we, that we say this or think this or like really personal opinion. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a way of saying it other than like, this is a real tangible functional example that you're going to give us of like a way we're being cheated as viewers. It's like, Hey, we may not like piano music over the top of everything or, or, you know, certain things, but like we can deal with that stuff. This is what we can't deal with. (laughs) This is Well, so you're sitting and you're watching slow JB Holmes for four hours, three hours. For some reason, you're sitting inside on a beautiful day watching this and like it would just be awesome to have something to like zap you out of that and show something that's a little different than just like he hit the fairway, he hit the green, he two putted, he hit the fairway, he hit the green. And he from two-putted. the same camera angles that and you've seen, you're year checking after year you're year. checking the scores on the app or whatever, and you're like, holy shit, Jordan Spieth just made an eight on probably one of the five most famous holes on the PJ Tour, and you're like, man, I really would love to see what the hell happened there. He's like one of the biggest names in golf. He hasn't been playing very well. Like what a captivating, interesting thing to, to see. Gosh, how did he make an eight? Well, I got a funny DM in relation to this. This guy, which is amazing that this could be a thing in this world, but because there's no footage of this, the guy says, I have full close-up video of Jordy's snowman on 10 yesterday, and it is awesome. I was standing directly behind and above him in the bleachers first row. Any issue? Any idea whether there are copyright issues with releasing it, or if I were to sell it? Like talking about selling a highway. <laughs> and it was live selling, on, selling would not be good, but he can live the fuck under par exactly. and post it if he wants. It was, li- it was live on Sky. And, Dude, well, so that was my thing is because I swear I'm not just like looking for looking for like reasons to be upset, but I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. I mean, he's playing with Rory, and like it, they probably have it on video, but like maybe they don't. I don't know. Maybe they missed it, or who knows? And I tweeted something and. Everybody's just immediately like, nope, they showed it on Sky. Like, we, we just watched the whole thing. I'm like, what 
are we doing? Why am I watching this? And like, think about Lance, okay, so Lance Barrow, the keeper of the takes. Your next event, if you're CBS, your next event is the Masters. Who's been the, at the forefront of every Masters Jesus. of the last five years? Yeah, like what an interesting thing to, to for people to chew on, and like what a what a lasting like image. To, to for people to take with them into Augusta is like, man, Jordan is like really struggling. How interesting. CBS I can't wait to is, see what he does at Augusta. CBS is in love with their narratives. Here's a fucking narrative. And, for then, you. and that's where it's like, I don't know, maybe they just want to show like everyone who's who's nice and good and class acts and they don't want to show anyone doing anything bad. But like the downstream effect of that is like, okay, so they're not going to post it. So that means it doesn't go into the feed for like the PJ tour social people or for the scratch social people or whatever. So then that clip doesn't end up anywhere. So then golf digest doesn't embed it and post about it somewhere. So like, there's just all this like snowballing stuff. Speed, like I'm sure he got, he probably declined media or something. I didn't see his, any quotes from him after the round, but like, there's just you miss out on so much from not having this stuff in the telecast, and it's not like it's. I don't think it's that unfair of a fight here to to be like, dude. I I don't think this is good. And I think this the, could be a lot better. Did they mention it? Did they did they mention it at all? On they the mentioned road? it like when he tapped in on eighteen, yeah. or, or I guess he made like a 15, 20 footer for par on eighteen, and they're like, oh yeah, he had a bit of struggle, made an eight back there on ten. Because I remember, like, oh cool, that's all I needed to know. Thanks. Moving on. When Hao Tong Lee made the ace last year, and yeah. they didn't give it the shot of the day or mention it because they didn't have video of it. It's like, <laughs> like that's just like propaganda, like acting like this thing didn't happen and just kind of going with what your, whatever your own thing is. But so I think it comes from a place of instead of covering the golf tournament, they're, they're doing themselves like a service and, and doing their own thing. Like they have, it's, it comes from a place of arrogance. That's where I'm like, I don't even, I have no idea where it comes from. And I like, that's where I'm retiring from the TV takes is like, I don't know why it's happening. I don't care why it's happening. I just know that I'm like, very disillusioned. Yeah. And it sucks because I love, love golf. Well, here we go. Chipotlepec <laughs> SCN. Yeah. Just One. watch how different this week is. Like, that's all I would, would say to people. And again, like, if nobody else feels this way, by all means, I'm happy to be the only one, and I'll be like, okay, cool. I guess it's just me. Maybe I burn myself out. Maybe I watch too much golf. People who over are the on the ground were saying, were saying there's plenty of juice here on the ground. Like, yeah. there's, there's, this is a captivating event. The crowd's electric. We didn't get any of that yesterday. Yeah. Oh. Are we worried about speed? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I not. Think so. You're I'm not. not e- I'm not either. Not at all. <sighs> I'm not worried. What, what are we worried about in particular? Well, I mean, he played really well for three days. He did. He did, for sure. And, it, like, I guess worried is a – I guess I'm not worried in, the, like, the macro sense, maybe just the, the micro sense. I don't even know if that makes any sense. But uh, he hasn't had a top 10 since July. Oh, God. Since the Open. Like that that's not good. He he uh, and Kat are slated to miss the FedEx Cup playoffs right now. <laughs> uh I know you guys love the Golf Week Sagarin rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh he's dropped to number thirty eight in the Golf Week Sagarin rankings behind Tyler McCumber, friend of the program. <laughs> Which uh, how did that only, happen? He's only played seven he's only technically played against seven top fifty players, so <laughs> that, that kind of skews those numbers a little bit. But uh, Maybe we found a flaw in the Sagarin. <laughs> that there might that might be a slight blind spot in in the Sagarins, but yeah, they, they, no, they projected the Ryder Cup really well for me last year. So I, I do think yesterday, like the eighty one, was just he, he blacked out for six holes or nine holes or whatever. But you could he, say the same thing about what he did at Augusta. Well, or Pebble last week, he was I think one off the lead going yeah. into the weekend last week. He was like what fourth going into the final round I think yesterday, and uh, I mean I I'm not like. 
worried. Like, I don't think he's going to, like, lose his card. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not good. People are asking, like, are you still taking him for the Masters? Like, yeah, dude. Is it, I made a lifetime vow. Okay, I'm going to uphold that vow that I'm going to pick up for the Masters also, every year. We're also, what? I mean, Masters is late this year. We're also like what, eight, eight weeks from the Masters. Yeah, he's got like, I, I, if anything, the last few years I think he's peaked too early. Too early, yeah. and he's played too much golf early. I'd rather see him play really well, Masters, and then lead up to to PGA. Like, I mean, May and June this year, banana land. And I do think like the when it clicks, like it tends to click in in yeah. spurts almost, and you see like the really high highs. But what goes away last is kind of those brain farts on the on the weekends or you know whatever that's the last thing to go away he's probably working on stuff right now too. <laughs> i think he's definitely trying his yeah. artist, for, for sure. no but but I like think i think practicing. there's i think there's gonna be there's gonna be chinks in the armor because he's he's work like now's the time to work on stuff mm. he, i don't think he gives a shit about like i know he i know he wants to win and everything but he's not gonna he's not gonna lose sleep two years from now because he lost the, no totally you know genesis yeah yeah on sunday he's gonna lose sleep two years from now because he because he let a major slip away totally. and i think he's working on stuff and and you know it's it's a process yeah it's a process i'm excited for tiger at chipultepec this week we haven't as fun as chipultepec's been we've never seen the big cat there and that's good that's I'm not true he's won there eight times i saw it in the, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. In the media guy i'm surprised he's playing altitude yeah i don't really get it i don't either if I'm being honest i guess uh, it's guaranteed points and OWGR and FedEx Cup and all that stuff. This but. means he's probably going to skip Honda when he's going to be like home. I in would Honda. think so. I don't think Honda. I mean, granted, he's driving the driving the fuck out of the ball right now. Like he is. Yeah. I, I don't think he's driven the ball this well in yeah. fifteen yeah. years. Um, but I don't think Honda's a great tournament for him. He's played well there. I mean, he's had some good. He's kind of played well everywhere though. That's true. <laughs> he actually like righted the ship there last year. He he's, I think he top ten there. He was like twelfth or something there yeah, last yeah. year when he hadn't. It was his best finish, obviously. In the but I think it's years. like a grind for him. Yeah, versus, yeah. I mean, that that place will wear you out. God, it's just weird how the schedule's falling out this year. Where Phil Phil skips his hometown event. Tiger might skip. Like they're gonna be there in the stage. Like the biggest yeah. Phil gonna thing. skip the players. Oh, oh that, those comments were amazing. <laughs> What, do we, he he kind of walked him back a little bit, which a day or two later. I kind of I kind of get. I don't think that that's exactly what he meant. He didn't mean to like when he said like, yeah, I don't know that it's like a must play for me. I don't think he meant, you know, I've guys read my lips. What I'm saying is that this is not a big tournament. But I'm it totally taking important. it like that. Yeah, and that's how people took it and blew it up into whatever. But uh, I mean, I guess based on his whole thing where he's like, yeah, if they have four inch rough and they have all this yada yada yada, like I'm after the Ryder Cup. I was gonna say, I think the Ryder he's Cup. He's like, yeah, I'm just not gonna play those. I'm not yeah. gonna play those courses anymore. I like, think with yeah, Tiger, kind of falls in line with that. I'm more, I'm more shocked with Tiger that he's playing just after after hosting an event for yeah. a week. That is that that has to be the most exhausting thing in the world. And then and then on top of that, playing almost 36 holes yesterday yeah. and, and waking up early and all that stuff. I just 2 a.m. Like or 2.30. I mean, cat doesn't sleep anyway. Yeah. With TPC, though, I just it's it's pretty wide. It's not narrow-ass fairways like it is in France or anything like that, and there's not that much rough out there. There's a lot of pine straw now. It's not like... I know it's going to play a little different in March than it has in rough May. Rough gets pretty gnarly when... Like, yeah. That Bermuda rough, like when it sits down in that stuff. Yeah. So, so did they just overseed the fairways? I don't know. That would because that's out of my depth. That's the other thing. Talking to people, I'm like, all right, just let the let the place play dormant. Like, do yeah. dormant Bermuda. It's we're we're here in Jacks. It's like the best time of the year to play golf. Yeah, it's it's kind of firm. It's kind of fast. The wind is up. It's not too hot yet. And 
the PGA Tour dumped like eight times the amount of overseed on the fairways just so it looks green. It's going to be mega green. <laughs> Which I guess apparently is really important for TV for some reason. Solly, very important question. Okay. Is it time to worry about JT not being able to close? Sure. Let's do that. <laughs> I'm very much kidding. Which if Ricky or if, if Randy was on this podcast right now, he would be taking the screws to you. Well, I looked up if, I looked up if, that stat, by the way. So JT had a four shot lead yesterday, uh, walked away without the trophy. Uh, he's still six, he's six for nine with the fifty four hole lead, which nice. contrast that with Ricky's one for nine. Uh, it's it's slightly different. That seems like a similar sample size. <laughs> it seems like a very similar sample size. Uh, he's playing really good, insanely yeah. good. Did you see Porter's stat or something on uh, his strokes gained? He's like going to like maybe set a record in strokes gained approach, or not a record, but best basically since Tiger so far this season on strokes gained approach. God. So I know we're on the no laying up podcast, uh-huh. but his layup yesterday on seventeen <laughs> to a number. What did he do? He just like he he laid up to a number that was far enough back to where he knew he wasn't gonna rip it back with a wedge, but he was also close enough to where he was like he knew he was good at that number, and he played to that number and he hit a good shot. He was just slightly above the pin, missed the putt, but um, I don't know. Shot I'm, he hit into eighteen was better than he got credit for it too. Absolutely, I think no, I, I uh, I'm I've been highly critical of JT, and I think he's displayed. You know, just just watching him this year, I think he he looks a lot more mature, just post round and during play, uh, than he has the last couple of years. I thought so. his, his comments after yesterday. I know you wanted to you wanted him to torch JB for the slow play, but yeah. <laughs> his stuff about like JB pulling him under the ropes when he was a kid yeah, and it. like all that stuff. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean he he's not going to flame a fellow Kentuckian. So he's basically hitting it better than anybody on tour right now and his strokes gained putting in those first three rounds he was first fifth and tenth in the first three rounds and then he just he lost three shots on the back nine yeah what was he on the on the on the last round like total like 50th or something so not even that bad just it was well 50th out of 70 that made the cut or whatever so but he lost it was like 3.2 shots on the back nine just with his putting yeah that's like when the conditions got brutally tough and and blah 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 that's basically like comparing him to you know the people who played earlier in the day and all that stuff. I, I uh, butchered the stat earlier, but so only five golfers. This is from Kyle Porter. Only five golfers are currently gaining at least one stroke per round on the field on approach shots this season. JT is nearly at two. The highest number in the ShotLink era is two, Tiger at two point one in two thousand six, and Adam Scott was second that year at one point one. Like he's Jesus. just like it's so hard to strike. The was O six Litham when Cat like yeah. couldn't even hit a Hoylake or Hoylake. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was. I mean, the only other player I kind of wanted to talk about, besides Siwoo Kim, back-to-back top fives, uh, rounding into player season. The big woo-woo. The big woo-woo uh, is Rory. Mm-hmm. Rory has finished in the top five in his last three starts, which you could, I guess, like, you probably could have convinced me that that wasn't true. because <laughs> I did not know that like, was true he just until hasn't, I saw that. Like, he, he hasn't been a threat to... It doesn't seem like. I mean, I know he's technically up there, but I haven't. I've watched a ton of golf this season. And I haven't ever felt like, oh, Rory's definitely going to win this, mm-hmm. and just he keeps finishing in the top five. So, take with from that what you will, I guess. Well, that's what and people can kind of almost treat. Uh, uh, present company in this room, not excluded from this, can treat like <laughs> backdoor top finishes as a bad thing. But I always go back to like, and I feel like I'm way over explaining or dumbing it down too much. Be like. It's a four-round golf tournament, and he beat like 150 guys or whatever. 140. The Sagarin rankings will love that. Yeah, yeah exactly. they will love that. And it's like, it 
just because a guy isn't close to winning or, you know, feels like he's winning or maybe it also probably has a lot to do with television presentation as well. Uh, it doesn't mean anything necessarily. It's like if, if they're beating other p- top players at golf, that's really, really important and a good sign. So it we, seems it, like he fizzles. Am I wrong? No, like, it does he, seem that and, way. And, and I think maybe we're being unfair to him because his ceiling is so damn yeah. high. Well, that's, I think, the frustrating part is we've seen we've seen him like break through that ceiling before, so yeah. we know what it looks like, and we, we keep waiting for while. that to happen. Yeah. I was thinking about it today. I was like running back through my head on like all these all these times that were where you thought it was going to happen and when that kind of went away. And I, I go back to almost like Chambers Bay where he made that long eagle putt on, I forget what hole, it was like eight? something like that and uh that was i remember feeling the highest of highs where i'm like oh god here he comes he's gonna do it and then he just he just doesn't and i've I've had that feeling like nine times since then. legitimate question is rory a thrower not a pitcher no is rory icarito (laughs) rory might he keeps self icaritoing that's a great question i think he already touched the sun though he made it all the way to the sun like he's had he's had seven top fives since he won last year at bay hill and I definitely can't remember seven times where I was like, dude, Rory might win right now. And it was weird how he won at Bay Hill. He just like totally. putted his ass off yeah. and made everything he looked at, which was kind of like, man, all right, this is sweet to have him back. But I don't think this is like the most sustainable way for Rory to win tournaments. No, even, even yesterday, it's like, okay, conditions are getting rough. Like you think some guys are going to get exposed. Rory holds that bunker shot on 16. You're like, okay, here he comes. And then he's in the fairway on 17. You're like, oh my gosh, he's going to make eagle. And he like makes par from the fairway on the... Down, so the think, only hole playing downwind, and he makes bogey from the 18th fairway. And I'm like, Ugh, I think part right, of it well, going top five again. Like, <laughs> going back to the backdoor right. top ten thing is a guy like Kucher, you know, he'll he'll do a backdoor top ten, but he'll get you know T8. Whereas Rory, like he's he's coming, and yeah. you know you know that the firepower is there to yeah, you know, to chase people to down. close a deal and yeah. chase people down and like just hunt. And when it doesn't happen, you feel. Do you feel a tinge of disappointment? Maybe, Whether that's fair or not. Maybe Augusta this year. Yeah. I think that's a good transition there to uh to another topic. We need to find we need to we need this will this will be done. This topic will be done and, and dealt with once we get through this one. But uh, a lot has happened in the last week on the developing uh, Matt Kuchar L2 can story, which I'm ready to be over. Many people took to social media <laughs> to, to express their opinions on this. God, people are still so incredibly fired up with this. Uh, it all started with, I guess, the, the latest development since we last discussed on this podcast was uh, Michael Bamberger doing some investigative journal- journalism. <laughs> getting to, uh, getting some quotes actually from L two can and that uh, he uh, whole arrangement that was made it was going to be you know three thousand if he missed the cut or it, blah 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 basically implied that uh, Kucher was going to pay him four thousand dollars if he got in the top ten and then in, inherently I guess Kucher in his mind gave him a thousand dollar bonus well on and then it was like that. a bonus to like if we win it's like a, a- Mystery bonus, yeah. basically. Yeah, so like he kind of thought more money was maybe coming. He got paid $5,000 in cash and kind of thought more money was coming. And this whole stink horizon social media, uh, Kucher's agency reaches out and offers some additional 15k which he turned down which, which was sick which God, i thought man. was which i thought was kind of a weird decision at the time but no he's, he held his like, feet to the fire uh and then kuchar came out and just just honestly jaw-dropping comment i couldn't believe this kind of icaritoed i couldn't believe this a wasn't bit. a bigger deal wasn't made of this i'm saying for a guy who makes 200 dollars a day five thousand a five thousand dollar week is a really big week was kind of like, dude, what? <laughs> like, even it's if the you, Mark Steinberg uh, school of PR, I guess, man. If you're if you're 
how you could think that quote is okay to say. And there, there is kind of, I don't want to take it too far, but like the racial undertones of that comment, like if, if that happened at Riviera this 100%. week, would you say that? Like, no, exactly. And, and oh God, it was like, I couldn't believe this actually happened. I kind of said something on Twitter. I'm just like, if this is why players should have like social media and be engaged and manage their own accounts. Like one look around the room would have been like, Oh my God, I need to sort this out. And I get that Twitter is bad look at society as well. And it's, you know, this echo chamber and it's, you know, everything is becomes this huge deal. But for a guy who's like golf, like your reputation is everything. It could have been so easily solved. You could have been like, dude, I messed this up. Like I made a mistake when he finally got there Kudos for him for finally getting there, but I definitely don't want to give him too much credit. I thought it was super inspiring how he did the right thing after he was publicly humiliated (laughs) and like just probably behind doors completely like threatened by uh, people important. I'm sure, but he did finally say the right things. He's like, you know what? I thought a deal was a deal. But even then, like even in the statement or even he said, you know, I thought a deal was a deal, but evidently a deal wasn't a deal. I'm like, what are you saying here, dude? Like, (laughs) you know, and then and then like no players until today, a couple of his mafiosos came out and uh, <laughs> supported him. No players came out in support of him. Yeah. I thought that was telling. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm ready for the story to go away. I'm glad the guy got his money. And I know that a lot of varying opinions on this, on how much he should get paid. And, you know, we were never advocating for him to get the full 10%, for like sure. a normal tour win, but thought, like, give the guy a bonus for how that you could change his life. And- Especially after you dap him up in the in yeah. the in the post round, like you know, it'd be one thing if he if he was truly detrimental and he yeah. lost a few shots. <laughs> yeah, it's another thing when like you're you're saying you're playing into it. And yeah, you're, you're taking pictures media, with him and yeah, calling him your saying, good like, luck oh, charm. He was my good luck charm this week. Well, you know what, man? Like that's a really really bad <laughs> yeah. look. By the way, El Tucan, David Ortiz. How is his? I know. How does he not go by Big, big Poppy? Poppy. <laughs> he might be he might be Big Poppy now. <laughs> when the check clears, he's Big Poppy. Uh, I mean, do we think it's a coincidence that? Uh, he suddenly came to his senses three days before he goes down to Mexico City for the WGC. Not even a lot. I'm I'm very 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 curious to know how involved the PGA Tour got into it because yeah. the statement came from PGA Tour Communications. Jay Monahan released a statement. Like I, I I have a feeling that it was everything but the blue curtain. He yeah, exactly. <laughs> he may be the hardest head guy in the in the entire room, and I think Steinberg's right there behind him, mm. and I think they're. Probably a match. Well, it was almost like when he gave the initial interview about it, it was almost like he didn't even agree with his own agency on it. And like he was kind of embarrassed. The the article said that he was embarrassed. It seemed almost embarrassed that Steinberg had reached out and offered additional money because like he didn't believe in that. And he had his foot down. And I, yeah. Bamberger basically just like let him hang himself, which was, yeah. That was a pro move. I'm sure we say this not as much as we should, but but more often than not, Bamberger's a national treasure. Yeah. Just the more we can have him involved, the the better. Oh gosh, the emails and everything. this is just a, a something that should have never happened. But the I, emails were sweet, dude. But like, I'm fine getting what him Matt exposed. Matt offered is fair. Yeah, it's like Hemingway stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like getting him exposed. It's it's what we wanted out of this, and getting two can paid is what we would have wanted out of this. Well, our guy, our guy Dan Horner in the uh, in the comments had a good one. Has anybody has anybody ever lost more by winning than yeah. Kucher and JB Holmes? <laughs> basically, <laughs> Kucher owes JB Holmes a fruit basket though That's for true. getting the little pressure off of him yeah. after uh, well, and, 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 and Sergio, Sergio too. Yeah. yeah, which Sergio went on a big apology tour, went on and uh, said this is not who I truly am, and well, uh, the whole Poreth. Uh, did I, I think get a tweet on it where he he had he had an Instagram story yeah. Sergio did he, he he was 
posing with the troops and he was posing with the kids. Yeah. And those were like the two, all right, I checked that box, I checked that box. <laughs> Which people like, uh, I don't know, it'll go away. People will forget about it and I don't know, kind of the, the recency bias that comes with, I don't know if recency bias is the right way to say that, but. Can we talk about Bryson? Sure. That was worse than. It was a roller coaster. That, well, the, like the whole bunker damaging thing. Well, we can't mention the bunker thing without the big fishing rod thing as well. <laughs> that was yeah, truly he, the duality of man, basically. It was on full display over those four or five holes, whatever that was. Did you see any of this? I did, did not. No, oh, I, was con- I was pool partying Bryson in Bryson had chipped, I think he chipped in like two or three times. I forget if that was the first round or the second round, but he chipped in and he's, he's doing all these theatrics and he does his big, like he's boating a marlin, like <laughs> reeling it in because he, I don't know if he sucked it back and like it went in the hole. It's like... He was I, hanging out I with Daniel the, Berger on his DV straight vibing <laughs> boat. I think the GIF was was sped up just a little bit. Everyone's going to yell at me for saying GIF instead of GIF. Get Who over cares? it. I don't care. Uh, I think it was sped up a little bit, so it made it look even more ridiculous. And like he had an even bigger fish on the line. It's. Oh, I'll show it to you. It was it's, like the one where the, the guy best. has the dollar on the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was that. And then juxtapose that with he hit a shitty bunker shot and just turned around and took like like a dollar-sized chunk out of the lip of the of the bunker at riv at riv yeah like the nicest bunker edges on the pga tour probably then, which he, somebody he, in the superintendent community said like hey you know what riv's bunker edges probably could use a little bit of that work that's true they may have been edged into oblivion <laughs> over the years they didn't always used to look like that but uh so he went on golf's crack pr squad uh the, this crack uh, the agents of shield jumped into force again and it was like uh he posted something about like love riviera want to give a special shout out to the grounds crew out there for keeping that place dry it's like dude we saw what? what you did come on man we saw that we're not idiots <laughs> it's crazy so sorry I, I do want to talk about it for a sec you were you were watching you were sending us of video clips from the SLS Miami correct pool yesterday. Yes. Can, you is, just, can you just this, take us through that? This, if you couldn't tell, this was not by choice. Uh, a good friend of mine was getting married in South Beach, and uh, there was Sunday brunch. Was, was it Will Smith? It, <laughs> the Sunday brunch that is traditional after a wedding was actually just a pool party with blaring music and just kind of a different uh, realm of humanity that there I was some rev- smoke machines. And- oh my God. There was every uh, so much extravagance. I guess it, it but we found out what it cost if you order like the bottle of champagne and like that comes out with the big whole champagne shower. So what they do is they come out with big smoke machines and then pour champagne over everyone in the pool and just like spray it everywhere. Uh, and we found out that cost was forty thousand um, so dollars. Sounds only, like the it sounds like the first tee at uh, golf sixes. Yeah. How do you put a price on memories? So we, then? we only got two of them. So well, when I was talking earlier about like. The broadcast isn't exciting enough. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. That's what I would like to see. That would keep me tuned in all day. Which I did post some stuff on Instagram to it. And I'm so proud of how many people reached out and said shout out to the Foz related to all the things that were going on out there. But uh, no, it was a flashback to the old Europe days where I would uh, try to be somewhere remote and be watching golf on my phone, streaming it, trying to keep up with social media. Somewhere very, very foreign. Correct. Which also, shout out to the Foz. Sweetens flooded again this past weekend. The TVA is yeah. just, you know, they water features everywhere. Yeah, and a bunch of people reached out, I guess, to Rob, and we're like, yeah, shout out to the Fox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to catch Solly up, basically, we had we had tweeted something last night from the main account that was kind of like send in uh, your best haikus to sum up the week. So I think maybe we should go through a couple of couple of our favorites here in in no particular order. This was from uh, LL Cool James. 
Great name. Uh, JB, and if, of course, anyone who's not familiar with the haiku, it's five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. Um, JB reads the putt. The leaves change color once again. Practice stroke number one. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty good. From Brian Phillips from SB Nation. More practice swings than Biz Hub Swing Vision Cam Frames. Holmes filibusters. <laughs> uh, this was from uh, Laz Versalis, friend of, friend of the program, friend of the refuge. Is it... Versailles? Is it Laz Versailles? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I thought it's it spelled Versailles. differently. I don't know. Whatever. Laz, I, I'm sorry. Uh, this, I think, is in reference to the gentleman who screamed Icarito uh, on the 18th tee yesterday. Uh, cry, Icarito, from the eucalypti trees. A legend was born. So, Sally, just catching you up on that one. Danny Lahan, Kucher and JB, a member guest team's nightmare. Stiff your pay. Slow play. <laughs> And then we'll, we'll wrap with this one. I think this was probably our favorite. This was from uh, Steve Arrowwood. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. Okay, go. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good, too. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So it sounds like I missed a lot this weekend, uh, regrettably. Yeah, but, it, uh, was, it was a good one. We're excited to be back. We, uh, we, do, we were obviously out in California. Uh, last week filming season three of Taurus Sauce. Uh, I'd love to say you'll see that soon, but those things take a lot of time to edit. Uh, so in coming months, you'll yeah, see it. Yeah, coming months, for sure. It'll be around. Uh, so we missed uh, what happened to Pebble last week and all that, but I'm uh, um, excited, excited to work, start working through some of that. We're going to do a podcast about that whole trip, and we, uh, we we took an RV from L.A. to San Francisco. We left uh, a couple men behind. We did. We did <laughs> leave a couple men behind who took, took, uh, took care of getting the RV home safe. Uh, but shout out to Uncle Tron for all the planning that went into that one. That was a blast of a trip. We got hit with a little different weather than I thought we were going to get. Uh, conditions were tough. Conditions were actually really the tough. The Beach Boys were full of shit. Yeah, <laughs> Which Nance yesterday, he said, conditions are tough. Yeah, conditions he, are really he was tough giving a shout there. out to the uh, Golf Channel impersonator guy. Yeah. Uh, this was really tough. They also played Imagine Dragons on the... Uh, on the broadcast yesterday, which I'm starting to think maybe there's a tie-in between so them and Faldo. Partnership Faldo deal. might have a special partnership with those guys. <laughs> More to come on that story as it develops. And Job was pretty fired up about them zooming in on... Uh, the Vineyard Vines thing. The Vineyard Vines yeah. thing, now that Nance has a deal with Vineyard Vines. Well, they, it, We're going to investigate all this. We'll, we'll get back to you. Guys. Showing up last year, like ward, Jim Nance wardrobe provided by Vineyard Vines is like... Oh, this is so perfect for golf. Like this is the perfect partnership. This is it. So looking forward to this week, Mexico. We've mentioned a few reasons why we're excited. Why are we so excited this week? One number one for me, Phil speaking in Spanish to the fans again. That was yes, that was among the highlights of last year. A lot of people are begging for the coverage gap show to come back, which now there's not a coverage gap for the next several weeks. So it's just such an entertaining tournament. It's so different. Like the course is really, really short. And then you add in the elevation change, and it's even more short. Um, I think it's the equivalent of sixty-two hundred yard. Course. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it's just right. chaos. I think that's the whole. You know, any anything you ever read about golf course design or golf course whatever is like variety is number one. And I think that extends to the different tournaments you see throughout the year, right? Like, like, like this is so unlike anything else that we're going to see. Is it a good golf course? Probably, Probably not. not but like, know. it's fun for one it's week to see like an over, like overgrown trees where it's like, dude, if you miss the fairway, who knows what you're going to have. In the there. ball doesn't spin at all. <laughs> yeah. It, dude, it's, I love this event. The like, bunkers are like above some of the greens. <laughs> like they're not dug out at all. 
it, it is like it, the dream of if I could watch pro players play a course that looks like my Muni course, what would it look like? And this week is that tournament. Yeah, and the field's great. And yeah. the telecast the is great. Are, and the fans and, are great. And I'm not yeah. sure if, if, this, if the fans are just that rabid and, and boisterous and everything relative to other events, but whatever NBC does say, to show it. Are you suggesting it, they're on the take or something? No, no. Whatever <laughs> NBC actors. does to show Crisis it, like, actors. they certainly bring that through. Totally, yeah. So, you know, whatever that is, like that, that, that adds the, to the viewing. It might be the setup too, or like the fans feel like they're right on top of the action. Yeah. Especially at like the, was it the 17th, that part three? Remember they it's had like the, the 16th you know, or 17th, the playoff yeah. ended there last year, I think. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's wild. It's out, so of, of, of all the tournaments on the schedule, this is the one I most want to go well, to. Well, I think we talked about this a while ago. And it's like, if you think back at 2018 golf season, like non-majors, what really sticks out to you? What events spring to mind immediately that you remember? And Mexico is mm-hmm. like, we were having this exact exercise and that was the first one that came to mind. I'm like, yeah, that tournament is sick. I would even say if you're going to go back two years, Mexico this year, Both years. last yeah. year yeah. and 2017 was unbelievable. That yeah. was the year where Phil was hitting out of everywhere. You know, yeah. God knows where. Yeah. And Phil's playing well. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's, it's going to be infinitely great. more exciting than if it was going to Doral. Totally, oh, like without yeah. a doubt, it would feel like such an every like a like every other stop on tour. And that for once, we, one thing we've always clamored for is like we need WGCs to move to other countries, and we have that, and we have like just the fan excitement experience you're talking about. It just feels like a different event, and that's what we've clamored for for yeah. a long time. So we're excited about that. Very. We'll be kinder next week. No, most I told you likely. it was a, it was a compliment sandwich. Which, yeah. All right. One thing about WGCs. Sean Martin tweeted something earlier and it was it was basically scoring average in WGCs and it was all the usual suspects and then Daniel Berger was number f- was number 4 number 5 of like all time and I know it's a smaller sample size but it's also he he's also won the FedEx Memphis event twice it's true before it was even a WGC whoa is Daniel Berger like the WGC master it remains to be seen. <laughs> is he qualified for the Memphis one? Keep an eye on it. What folks. is he doing? Is he playing? I don't know. I have I no idea. Hurt. Hold on. Is he vibing? I have no doubt he's vibing somewhere. <laughs> uh, he played waste management, missed the cut, and played farmers, missed the cut. I, that's the first I'm hearing of this. But I feel like we haven't heard from Daniel Berger in a long time. Finished T12, the Desert Classic, T35 at the Dell Technologies the year before. He's one of those when you talk about like too many good players. He's one of those guys that'll pop up and win, and everyone be like, "Dude, he's gonna win! He's yeah. gonna win twenty times on tour." I'm like, "Well, I don't, maybe, but yeah, there's a lot of these guys out here." There's- but it's like tomorrow if he picked off a major, yeah, be no surprise. Like, yeah, you know, this guy's been trending for a while, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, definitely. and then if you never heard from him again, you'd be like, "You know what? Like that guy was a flash in the plan." <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, he hasn't had. He had. Uh, a t- he finished T6 at the U.S. Open last year. Again, first time hearing this. So. <laughs> Uh, All right, let's wrap it at that. Um, We look forward to a fun week down in Mexico, and uh, we'll hopefully be back, hopefully soon, to our California recap podcast and whatnot. I might go into hibernation. Web's off for the next four weeks. That hurts. That hurts. It's been (laughs) fun to track web scores uh, for the last last several weeks. But, uh, yeah, again, shout out to Matt McNeely on the runner-up there. And uh, anything else before we close it? That's it. Cool. We'll wrap it at that. Cheers. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.